Hey, welcome to the table. Welcome to the table. <laughs> this is a podcast <laughs> just about life of faith and following Jesus in the midst of uncertainty and change, which is our world right now. True. And uh, we are going to do something a little bit different with this episode. We're not interviewing anyone, but some faithful listeners actually said that they thought it would be really cool if we did an episode just kind of like a get to know you. So you get a little, to know a little bit more about us who we are, education, experience, life, all of that jazz. And that sounded fun. Yeah. So we both were looking at each other and like, that's a good idea. Yeah. Not everyone knows who we are. <laughs> Not everyone knows who we are. And, and it's, that's okay. it's cool and it's encouraging to us even the fact that there are people listening to this who don't know who we are. We Really, we never anticipated that this podcast would necessarily even be something that people outside of our immediate circles would be listening to. Yeah. And yeah. so it's just it's meaningful. It means a lot. So, it does. It does. So, Sean. Yes. I have two random questions. Two random questions to ask us, just drawn from a deck. I'm scared. Are you ready? I'm ready. Don't be scared. It's okay. You, we'll be shaking okay. Shaking in my boots. If you had to teach a class on one thing, mm-hmm. what would you teach? One thing. It's the classic Sunday school answer. Oh, whack. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you who grew up in Sunday school and know what I'm talking about, I just want to teach on Jesus. I just... I he is the most interesting person who has ever walked the face of this earth yeah. and I just want to teach about his life, his story and uh that that's if I could do that for every class that's what I would do. So yeah, you know, I don't want to I don't want to cheat and <laughs> people already feel gypped right now. You They're like, you wow, cheated. Don't don't switch away from the episode. It'll be it'll be good, don't <laughs> Stay worry. Stay with us. I uh but I I'm kind of the same. It revolving around Jesus, I would love to just teach people how to step into purpose. Mm-hmm. I believe that everyone was made with unique gifts and talents and and uh, abilities and personality by God. And uh, I fell victim to trying to be a carbon copy of someone else, um, which actually we miss yeah. that we miss out on who God actually made us to be. And true, nothing gets me more excited than seeing when people start thriving in that. So mm-hmm. that would be that'd be fun. Definitely. You have some talents. I have a few. There are a few you don't have. Some <laughs> so, I do not so, have. So which talent would you most like to have? Man, and this is back and forth because I'm a, a huge sports person. So I, I am somewhat athletic. I've played sports most of my life, but I'm not that athletic. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so I bounce back and forth between being able to dunk the basketball without any effort, really, with minimal effort, really with ease. And the other thing would be playing a guitar, like just shredding on electric, being able to play uh, any kind of guitar, bass guitar as well, because I'm not musically gifted, but I do love music. And so... That would be my answer. Yeah, I kind of that's how I feel about basketball. Like I played yeah. up until like middle school, and so whenever I release my jump shot, it feels really good, <laughs> and that's about where it ends. <laughs> then it, it always misses. So um, that's that would be great. No, when it comes to talents, I love getting to do life and kind of do coaching with yeah. people, but I don't necessarily feel like I'm a great coach in in <laughs> those things. And I would that would be the talent. I would love to have. I would just love to be a great coach and asking good questions and and yeah. walking people through that because I've benefited from it yeah. in my life. 
Definitely. And you do a good job of that, Sean. Oh, thank you. You're, no, you're welcome. I appreciate that. <laughs> we'll actually probably get to that here in a second. Yeah. So a little bit about you, Sean. Tell us, you know, how, how old are you? Family? Are you married? Job? What do you do? Tell us. Yeah. So I'm 36 years old currently and uh, wouldn't mind staying that age. It's been a good year. So far, you think at 36 gonna, years old. You're going to try to stay 36? I, you know, I would like to. Okay. I'd like to stay 36. But, yeah, I'm married to my my best friend, uh, Ashley Dawn Greer, formerly Greer, now Silveri. Two boys and a baby girl on the way. That's awesome. And so, uh, yeah, and that's that's me right there, man. That's, that's my, my deal. And what do you do job vocationally? Oh yes. Uh, so I am the, what would be called the next gen director or executive pastor of what is known as the organ ministry network of the assemblies of God. So it is our network of churches in Oregon, about 190 churches. And basically what I am is the pastor to kids and youth workers across Mm. our state, uh, resourcing them, uh, seven or eight uh, large events that I lead throughout the year, and a number of other things. So, Cool deal. Yeah. What about you? How old, family, role? Uh, Well, Uh, tell us about Khalil. At the time of this recording, I am 25 years old, and uh, I am blessed to be single right now. And I say blessing on purpose. You know that we have talked about this, but culture can can cause some to feel like singleness is a poor position to be in or a lesser than, and I absolutely don't feel that way. I'm so blessed to be single in this season of life, to be able to do ministry the way we do and mm-hmm. podcasts like this and all that. So um, my job and role, I'm at Hope Church in Albany, Oregon, and I'm the student pastor there. So I work uh, with middle school and high school students predominantly and the leaders who volunteer and serve in that role, along with just the way ministry is, the other odd jobs. There's a nice line in my job description that says all other duties as assigned by (laughs) senior pastors. So (laughs) there's some fun things that come in that as well. (laughs) And I love what I get to do. Um, Didn't always think that this was what I was going to be doing, but we'll talk about that a little bit more probably later. True. Um, Sean, did you uh, did you grow up in the church? Have you always been a Christian? Like, what's your faith journey a little bit? Yeah, so I did. My mom and dad actually are both first-generation Christians. So that means that my parents got saved, uh, what we would call saved, or they accepted Christ as their leader and the author and authority of their lives. My dad was 17, my mom was 19, and they both grew up in homes that were non-churched. And so I had a very interesting upbringing in that much of my family were not Christians and my parents were trying to figure out what it meant to be a Christian. So I did grow up in a Christian home. It was a very unique type of home. My dad was a Christian for four years when I was born, three or four years prior to my birth. So he was a very young Christian and my mom as well. I'm the oldest of three. So I have a brother, Nathan, who is uh, my best bud. He and I go way back. And so I, mm-hmm. he's, Nate's always been a, a, a great brother and a, I have a sister, Jamie, and she's always been a great sister as well. We, we're all very, we're very close. Very Where close do you hail siblings. from? 
Oh yeah, I am a I'm a Californian. So I was born and raised in the Bay Area, San Jose. I'm a so I'm a huge 49er fan, San Jose Sharks fan for hockey, those hockey people out there. And I did a lot of my growing up years, though, in San Diego. And so uh, I'm a South Bay, which would be considered the South Bay. And uh, so, yeah, that's me. Well, and now you're involved in a ministry role. Um, yeah. Did you, did you always want to be involved in ministry? Yeah, I didn't. Really? I think really early on, when I was a, a, a little kid... I probably thought it would be fun to be a pastor. But then as I grew up, I wanted to go into law enforcement, Hmm. um, specifically DEA, drug enforcement agent. And so I thought that was a really cool line of work. It does sound cooler. Yeah, it sounds a little (laughs) bit, yeah. And then probably my junior year of high school is when I felt this tugging and this tapping on the shoulder, uh, junior, senior year to go and be a pastor and to to do that vocationally. And so I pursued it. I I obeyed that and been obeying it ever since. What about your faith background? What what does that look like? Yeah, well, you know, I grew up, I've always lived on the West Coast. Seattle is where I spent a lot of my life, although uh, more rural Oregon uh, was where my grandparents lived. And so I spent a lot of time between the two. I was doing school and life in Seattle, and then I would do my my breaks, my spring breaks, my summer breaks, kind of in that rural environment. So I got a little bit of both. I'm, I'm confused whether I'm a city boy or small town <laughs> a little bit, but I love I love I love Seattle. I grew up in a single parent household with just my mom, mm-hmm. and my immediate family for the most part are not Christians. So mm-hmm. I came to faith when I I would you know it's it's a very interesting. I don't have a, a moment where I would say, man, that's when I gave my life to Jesus. But through a journey of just wrestling with truth and identity, especially through my high school years, early high school years, I was led towards a trust in Jesus. And I would say I probably really committed to following his way around 17. Mm -hmm. That's when I really feel like my faith became my own around 17 years old. And yeah, I, I said I grew up, I don't know if I said this, but I grew up as an only child. But then around 16, I found out I had a half-sister who was older than me. Mm-hmm. And now I know I have a half-sister who's a little bit younger than me. So I've got two sisters. I became a middle child, <laughs> uh, which has just confused the whole scenario. But yeah, I'm, I'm one of the few Christians in my family and uh, continuing to believe that that those around me that I love are, are going to come and experience Jesus. You know? mm-hmm. and God is using one of the great things is God uses our lives as a witness and an example to, you know, the ones we love to show how good and faithful he is. So Absolutely. Did you always want to be a pastor then? I guess it's kind of an answer. You kind of answered it with your life's background there. No, I did not. In (laughs) fact, I started going to a church occasionally with one of my cousins because he was a Christian and he's just like a brother to me and I wanted to spend time with him. So Mm -hmm. going to church was an easy way. And the pastor of that church actually approached me uh, early teen years, and he said, hey, have you ever thought about being a pastor? And you know what my answer was, Sean? What was it? Nope. <laughs> That's exactly what I said. No no class in that answer at all. But over time, it's kind of amazing that God continued to nudge and push that button. And I resisted him a lot. I actually wanted to go into business and entrepreneurship or marketing. I really wanted to start something of my own. Yeah. And uh, God just re recalibrated that and Man, I don't know. Around twenty years old is probably when that calling really solidified, and I said, "Okay, God, I'll see. I'll see what this looks like." And now I can't imagine doing anything else. Yeah, 
it's kind of crazy how that works. It's yeah. awesome. What's your What's your education? I would love to have our listeners know your education currently and past. Yeah, still learning. Good. Um, good. <laughs> I graduated from Northwest University. They have an Oregon campus, Go Washington Eagles. School. Yeah, Kirkland School uh, with an Oregon campus. Uh, with a double major in business management and ministry leadership. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's where I did my undergrad, and I'm currently doing grad school at Western Seminary in the Portland area. And uh, I'm pursuing a degree. It's kind of an interesting one. It's called Global Leadership, Mm. and it's really predominantly geared towards missionaries going to obscure global contexts that aren't really their own. And so everyone's like, why are you doing that? And at first I said, I don't know either. Um, But I felt like that was God's leading. Really what the tools we're getting from that program are how to lead in contexts and cultures that aren't your own. So how do you think outside of your own box? How do you navigate discipleship and leadership in a world that's very different than the one that you know? And I love that perspective. So what I'm desiring to do is use those tools and think about generational leadership. What does it look like to lead generations coming up after me that think differently through a different framework, have a different cultural lens, different priorities and, and desires. How do we disciple and lead future generations when um, there are some generational differences between us? And so I'm excited, but I'm kind of beginning that journey right now. So totally. What about you? Yeah. So, um, education, I got my undergrad, my undergraduate degree is, is also a double major in Bible theology and student ministry or youth, youth culture is probably a better shout one. Out to the youth pastors. Sa- shout out to the youth pastors from uh, central Bible college. that was out of Springfield, Missouri, uh, small Bible college. And then I went on to get my master's in what's called uh, Christian ministries and MA in Christian ministries he offered an opportunity for me to be pretty fluid with that degree. So I studied over in the Holy Lands, Israel and Jordan, for about three and a half weeks, almost a month. How uh, was that? That was amazing, <laughs> revolutionary to see the Bible come alive. And so I mm. desperately would love to get back. And um, so my, my master's degree allowed that to happen. And this uh, currently... Uh, recently, I should say, uh, 2018, April 2018, I walked with my doctorate in ministry in semiotics and future studies from George Fox University out of Newburgh, Oregon. But they have a uh, their seminary, which is called Portland Seminary. And, um, well, I guess I should probably explain I gonna, semiotics well, I was just about to say, you, you already confused a lot of people. <laughs> what is semiotics? Uh, yes. And what do you mean future studies? Yeah, yeah. So that, they changed the name just recently to future church. So mm. uh, semiotics is the study of signs, symbols, and imagery. And uh, the the idea behind the degree is that you are learning how to discern the future based off of the current cultural climate and help the church as a whole lead into the future or walk into the future and be effective Mm -hmm. when it comes to being heralds or harbingers of the gospel of Jesus. So those are those, that's kind of my degree right there. It has some historical undertones, some theological, philosophical, undertones to it as well. Curious question, just made me think while you were talking, it might be a weird question, but how do you think the semiotics and that future studies, how do you think that has caused you to think 
differently than maybe your average follower of Jesus is right now? Yeah, I guess the best thing I can do in such a short time, I'm out of time here, is to give an image (laughs) that the Bible, the scriptures, can be seen or looked at a number of different ways, but two main ways. That is something that is alive and active and chock full of imagery and it's a narrative Mm -hmm. or story form. Or it could be looked at as something that's kind of dormant and dead that you excavate. Mm. And so it's the difference between a bird in a Petri dish and studying that bird like that or studying the bird in flight. And so semiotics and the studies of signs, symbols, imagery, and the idea of future orientation and future casting is very much has kind of shifted the way I look at the scriptures as a vibrant alive, very active narrative uh, versus a bunch of sentences to be parsed and torn apart and picked apart, you know, and, and I think there, there are, there's room for that as well. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not dissing that cause I do that as well. It's fun to, right. to do that, but yeah, that would be the no, that's kind of cool. Answer. Just, just a question that popped into my yeah. head kind of, but you know, I hope for maybe as a listener, you might even see a little bit of kind of both of us are very future oriented. Mm-hmm. And I think the education that we're, we've walked through, of course, we are still learning and don't perceive ourselves to be experts about anything. But right. it's caused us to critique what we think we know and to, yeah. you know, critique culture and the world around us and to look for things that maybe we're missing. And that's something I've really enjoyed in just my discussions with you is, you know, that I know part of that's because of the education you've experienced and and it's fun. So that's, that's a little bit of our, our background and our experience, but what is your current passion Mm -hmm. right now in this season of life? It's a passion that's actually been growing and continues to, especially in my new role as the next gen pastor over the Oregon ministry network is apprenticeship. And this idea that I want to journey with people in our current times and help people grow deep roots with Jesus and abide in him and help people to learn and grow in order to be prepared and ready for the future. And, you know, it's it's a obviously for me, it's kind of a mashup of discipleship and coaching and mentorship and all of that. And I use that catch-all phrase of apprenticeship. So I'm very passionate about that right now. Yeah. For me, my, my current passion is really just to, to help prepare the church. And when I say the church, I mean all of us, all of us as followers of Jesus, to step into the new. You know, God says he's doing a new work. There's a, this mm-hmm. is a new creation, and he's always in the work of doing something new. And I love being on the forefront of that. And so... Part of my passion is just to see all of us step into that and especially to see our youngest generations, young adults and students really launched and feeling equipped to go out into the world and Mm -hmm. share Jesus. You know, I know it can be a struggle sometimes to feel like we are equipped. Maybe that's a little bit of why we are having these conversations, but that's a current passion. I want to see us on the front lines. I think we have an opportunity to be people of influence in our culture 
you mm-hmm. know, and that's a great, great opportunity for the church. So, totally. and that's kind of a little bit of what has led us here. You know, mm-hmm. we're obviously recording this podcast, but you and I have been having conversations forever. We can't help yeah. it. We've worked together for several years. Yeah. You know, we have the water cooler conversations or uh, just going for a drive. And, you know, what kind of, what led us to podcasting? Well, I, yeah. And it was something that we had talked about. It was a great idea. <laughs> that just never germinated. And then there were some of our uh, leaders and friends and colleagues that said, you know, you, you guys should do a podcast. Or you guys should record this or you guys should, this would be great. I re- I'll never forget sitting down with with a friend, not even in our church, they're in the Portland area, mm. saying, Man, I just want to push the record button and listen to you guys talk or you talk, you know. And mm. I took that as a real honor. Absolutely. Uh, very humbled by that. And then we just kind of said, what if? And, and uh, that, that's part of what has led us here mm-hmm. is uh, just deciding, let's do it. Yeah. And so we thought, you know, we're going to have these conversations anyways. Right. And, it's going to happen. And so really, man, if these conversations would benefit anyone, how cool would that be? Right. How cool. Even if it's just one or two people that are listening, even right now, we're, we are totally fine with that because these are the conversations we're going to have anyway. Right. And so we might as well put it out of our, out of our mind into a, a voice recording. And if it benefits anyone, we, we feel that that's successful. Absolutely. And so since we're here and you're with us, just, we love that you're joining us for, for the journey. Yeah, we could talk <laughs> about <laughs> a lot of different things, yeah. but we would love this to be beneficial for the most people possible. And so if there's ever topics or questions or something you're currently wrestling with uh, our contact info is in the show notes and you Mm -hmm. can shoot us a question or a topic to suggest you can shoot us a voice message as well through that link and um, we could even use it as an intro to the show which would be kind of cool so people know that it's an actual question that you've asked but we're we're along for the ride we're enjoying the process Mm -hmm. and uh, we just thank you for listening and joining us along the way thank you so much So that's a little bit about us. Thank you so much to our listeners for suggesting this episode. It's been a lot of fun for us. And uh, yeah, it's been good. And everybody else, welcome to the table. See you next time.